Hi, my name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm obsessed with all things business, especially networking. Oftentimes, the opportunities that we have in business and even personally comes down to who we know. I love helping people build a thriving network with genuine people, even if they are new to the game, afraid to say the wrong thing, or need a reminder to just do it. I'm a California transplant living in Northern England who's taken her business chops from California to New York and now the US to the UK. I work from home and run two businesses. No matter if you're a networking beginner or not, I can teach you the step-by-step behind the scenes secrets to building a network that you love. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be encouraged and have some fun while you learn. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. Welcome back to Allergic to Small Talk. You can catch me here on the pod every week or on Insta at It's Row Grow. All right, let's jump into our episode. Raise your hand if what you're doing in business is something that you love and that you're passionate about. There might be a lot of hands raised right now. And if not, go listen to my best friend and business partner's podcast called Out to Launch, and she'll straighten you right out. Now, raise your hand if you love to sell what you love and are passionate about. I bet there aren't that many hands raised right now, and that's okay. You see, a lot of us start our businesses because we're great at a certain skill set, we're passionate about something we do, or we realize we really love to do something that's outside of our nine to five. And those some things are monetized in some fashion, such as you really adore plants and gardens, and maybe you've opened a flower shop. Or maybe you binge podcasts, so you decide to create a podcast. Or maybe you totally geek out on fixing up your home and you open a handyman, handy person business, etc. And one of the challenges as a small business owner is selling the things that we love to do and provide for the world. If this is something you can identify with, then please listen up because I have a special guest for you today. My guest today is Mike Herberts. Mike is the CEO of the Merit Sales System, and he teaches his clients how to truly articulate the problem they solve so they can close sales on LinkedIn. As we go through our episode today, think about how you can apply what Mike shares to your networking or business on LinkedIn. Mike, welcome to the show. Good morning, Rochelle. I've got to live up to something now, haven't I? (laughs) Great to be here. Great to be here. Awesome. So, Mike, when people are speaking to you or you meet them out in the world and they go, hey, Mike, tell me what you do. What do you say? It's really funny because I took a book off my shelf this morning to try and reference the point where I first learned what I'm about to tell you. And it was 2005, which was, strangely enough, the year I first started to work online. So when they say, what do you do? They don't want to know what you do. They want to know, you know, is it of any interest? Is there a problem that you solve that no one else can? And so if you start saying, oh, gosh, you know what it's like. You've been in network meetings and, you know, that first minute and you're sitting there after 20 seconds thinking, oh, my goodness. So there is a technique and it's on a postcard. Yes, I love it. And really, it's just a framework for how you handle that scenario. We hear about elevator pitch. It's misunderstood. It's not really an elevator pitch. It's more of a short bus journey pitch, if you like. 
So when you say, what do you do? What you want to do is tell them the problem you solve and who you solve it for. So my framework is six sentences. Get your pens ready, but I'll make this available so anyone can get this. And the way I start this is I'd say, well, you know how, and then in brackets, I talk about my target market. So for me, well, you know how business owners struggle sometimes to get business because they kind of merge into the background. And then that's identifying your target market. Yeah. So it's business owners who are concerned that they melt into the background, which means that they don't get a lot of attention from their potential market. Well, I figured out a way how to fix that. Now, that's my opening two lines. And if I've done that right, people should be saying, really? Oh, that, that sounds great. And they should then be saying, so how the hell do you do that then? So that's three lines. The middle line, the last line, I figured out a way how to fix it. That's a fixed line. The first two lines, you know how my target market struggle with this particular problem. Well, I figured out how to fix it. Their ears pop up, their eyes widen. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And then the next line is, it starts with the word buy. And then I'm going to explain how I fix it. Yeah. Buy. I show them how to articulate the problem that they solve within their business. I use that information to showcase them better. Suddenly, they get loads of attention, lots of inbound inquiries, so that they don't need to worry about spending loads of money on marketing themselves through all the online resources. They're expensive and hard to manage, and they can do that without having to spend a single penny on advertising. Love it. Boom. Shall I apply that to another business just for the yeah. people that are watching or listening to this? Absolutely. Okay. Let's, I would say let's get on the court, but that's not very UK related. So let's get on the pitch with it. <laughs> so let's imagine somebody says, what do you do then? And I'm a different person now. Okay. And I say, well, you know how organic food and nutritious food is actually quite hard to get locally. You know, the box companies will send you food, but it's quite difficult to get it locally. And so it means you have to sacrifice perfect nutrition and give your kids other stuff that you may not want to. Well, I've figured out a way how to fix it. Really? What do you do? I have managed to source local organic food in sufficient quantity that I can put my market stall in the street, five minutes walk from where you live, so that you can step out of your door, you can find a full range of every organic fruit and vegetable that you could possibly want without having to order a box online and hope that it's fresh enough. Now, what my business is actually, I've got a fruit and veg stall in the street. (laughs) Yeah. That's my (laughs) But I've showcased it in a slightly different way by doing that. Yeah, you're just pitching up at Granger Market or you're, uh, yeah, (laughs) love it. Anyone in any line of business can use this framework. We know people are not going to keep saying, what do you do? We know that. But what you've got to remember is this is how it gets formed in my mind. I actually have figured out what I do. Right. I'm not necessarily worried about explaining to you, but at least I know myself what I do. You know how people struggle to make their business stand out online without spending loads of money. Well, I've figured out a way how to fix it. Really? How? Well, I show them how to articulate the problem they solve, use that information to showcase them so that people pay attention, get a lot more attention, so that they can get all the customers they need without sleepless nights. Uh, but without spending a fortune on online marketing. Love that. It's just a postcard. And for those of you listening, I'll make sure to link out to Mike's email. I'll also detail the questions for you in the podcast episode description so you can take a look at those. 
sure. And if anybody wants this format, I, I can provide that. If they just email me, mike at mikeherberts.com, I will make sure you get a copy of this. There's a back on it, which is the next stage, really, of where the conversation goes. Excellent. Yeah, you know, I find that, and maybe you might also find this, when people are out networking for their business or a company they work for, when they're presented with the question, what do you do? Sometimes they respond with their job title. Oh, oh, a long explanation of the mechanism that they use. <laughs> and then if you look at them long enough and say, so what problem does that solve? Eventually they might get the idea and explain the problem. So all, all businesses are there to solve a problem. Right. The bigger the problem, the more it's going to cost to get it solved. Right. And that's businesses. So. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. Right. So we know what you do. You have a big career. You stumbled upon LinkedIn. It was literally, I stumbled on it. I'd mentioned it to someone else and I said, <laughs> you, you need to get on there. Um, Apparently. So they did and I helped them a bit and I was busy helping them and I thought, well, if it works for them, then maybe I should be on there myself. Yes. So I did. And I know, not my rise to fame, but my results, I know are meteoric because I, I'm, look, I showed you my diary before we started and it's rammed with inbound <laughs> inquiries. So I'm guessing something's working. I am the newcomer. I am the young pretender who I really have studied it to make it work, but it works. It works. Wow. How exciting. Yeah. Do you want me to give you a quick background? I would then? love to have the background. Uh, okay. It. You know, we talk about sales and marketing. Yes. Well, I started my life in sales and knew nothing about marketing. I went on a course. I learned how to sell cars. I went to work for the company that trained me after a few years. I then traveled the world teaching people in all English-speaking countries how to sell stuff. I met, in, in my entire consulting career, I met one person ever that I couldn't teach anything to. One person. And the most amazing thing, he had no idea how good he was. Wow. I don't think he did. It really is, honestly, an amazing story. And I sent the report into his bosses and they said, great, so what can we do then? Can we throw some money at you to help us? And I said, no, I can't teach him anything. And they were amazed that I couldn't. And I really genuinely couldn't. And to this day, it's the only one I've ever met. Wow. So I got good at sales. And, and then I became freelance in 1997 by a stroke of, actually, now I think it wasn't luck, it was a bit of karma. <laughs> by a stroke of karma, Three days into my freelance career, somebody contacted me, said, I've got this big opportunity. Do you want to get involved? Eight years later, I'll help them grow their business to multi-million pound business. Still exists to this day. Still friends with the uh, owner. And then one day, I just, I don't know what happened. I was earning more money than most people here could imagine earning. And uh, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Just on a whim. So I got a book. YouTube had just started. It was really exciting. You could put videos up there. I bought a book and it said, you want to start an online business? Right. Find out what you're really good at and passionate about and do that. Well, I thought, well, I've just walked away from that. What else are you good at? Well, I can play the guitar. In fact, I'm a very good guitarist and I'm also a natural kind of teacher. And I thought, well, that might work. Uh, 15 years I ran that business for. At its, in its peak, it was bringing me in about a quarter of a million dollars a year. I never did any work. I sat on the beach. My son did all the admin, looking after the customers. And it was awesome. And so I learned how to market a business online. Ended up with 200,000 subscribers, teaching them how to play advanced pieces of guitar. 
and then kind of got fed up of that as well. <laughs> don't stick at anything, you see. 15 years later, and I, I want to move on. So anyway, I then was dragged back into the corporate world and started to make a serious study of marketing, a very serious study of marketing. And then, as the story goes, three or four clients, I said to one, you, apparently you need to be on LinkedIn. It's a thing, apparently, because quite a lot of businesses on there. And then the rest of the story is I thought, well, maybe it'll work for me. And here I am, flooded. I mean, in a great way. You said something. I know I talk a lot about you said something, and it really gave me goosebumps. So I'm going to have to repeat it back to you. Uh, I have a test now for businesses, clients who want to work with me. And I say, would you do what you're doing now if you weren't getting paid for it? And the ones who say yes, those are the ones I want to work with. They're so passionate about what they do and the value they want to give. They would do it for free. If there were no clients, if the world of all of this ended, I would still do what I do for free. I would still get on calls with people who've got a business who are struggling, ask them a half a dozen questions, put them through my templated card here and send them on their way with this new vigor because they've now got a message to yell out to the world. They finally can articulate the problem they solve. That's wonderful. And Mike, what I really love about your journey is how you discovered your genius and what you are really, really good at. And sometimes people, they can't find that. And it's because they're so close to themselves that they can't see it. It often comes very easy for them. This is sometimes called the blind spot. It's kind of like people driving down the road and you try to switch lanes. But as you try to switch lanes, you kind of crash into that car, but you didn't see it. And other people can see that car around you. You're just the only person that cannot. And if you're listening out there in podcast world and you're thinking about what is it that I'm good at? You know, Mike found a book. I found a coach. For you, it could be simply asking the people around you, what am I good at? What do you think that I do very, very well that other people don't? It could just tip you over and open your eyes to something that to you, it might be so easy, like breathing. It just comes to you very naturally. So I really love how you found something that you love, you were passionate about, and you figured out how to monetize it. Not once, twice, and a third time now because you're, you're melding your sales background with LinkedIn. This is phenomenal. I love that, Mike. It's often just a random comment they say, and you get the goosebumps because you think, oh, yeah, you're right. And I'll tell you the first one that is highly recognizable to me. It's a friend in Scotland. He'll never hear this. We were both guitar players. We formed an incredible um, relationship, highly intelligent guy. I moved, and then I started the, the guitar business, and then I met him about six months later. And he said, how's it going? I said, it's going great. I said, I've got all these subscribers. I, I produce this new stuff. It's stuff I love playing anyway. I do it anyway, you know, because that's what I do. I said, anyone could do it. And he said, no, 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 you're wrong. I said, no, no, honestly, it's so easy. Anyone could do it. And he said, no, no, Mike, 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 you're different. You're a doer. And I sat back for a second and thought, yeah, he's right. I am, yeah. I don't read it and then put it on a shelf. I read it. And then I go and do it. And then if it doesn't work, I'll come back and read something else. You get smarter at figuring out what does work. And you go off and implement. And it's about implementation. Right. I, I, on LinkedIn now, I talk to people and I say, oh, your banner, it needs some work on it. And your tagline. I tell them what to do. 
and then I go away, and then the next time I see them, it's just the same. Mm. They got all excited, but it's just. But there are a handful who actually go and do it, and it just warms me so much. And I think I'm dealing with a doer here, just like me. Right. Passionate. They they seek advice, take the advice, and implement it. It's one thing to get excited and get really great ideas, but if you don't execute, you're not going to see the results. Yeah. And so when I said anyone could do it, I literally mean anyone could. I sat in a very darkened, antique-type home at the time. I had a desk lamp and one camcorder that I didn't even know how to use. I took it to the shop and said, how do you get this? How do you edit the video? How do you get this on a computer? He said, <laughs> plug it in. I said, there's nowhere to plug it in. And then finally he showed me, oh, God. And I made my first lesson. And I sold that online, and my first attempt to sell it, I probably took about $5,000, and that was a one camcorder, one desk lamp, and I had no idea how to edit video. All right, so let's jump back to our, I don't know if it's a LinkedIn anatomy, or how do people utilize LinkedIn in a way to promote themselves, to network, and then to close sales? Because I'm assuming there's a bit of a structure or a system that you follow when you're guiding clients through this process. Can you just let us know, what does that look like? Yeah, sure. And it's not actually complicated. It's well documented. All over LinkedIn, there are people telling you what to do. (laughs) And you know that's true. And some people read it and go, oh, that's what you do. But then they don't do it. And then there are people like me who've had an entire life. If someone says, this is good, I will implement instantly to prove it or to prove them wrong. And if it proves to be good, I keep it. And if it proves to be wrong, I'll go and seek advice elsewhere. So on LinkedIn, it's just a big network. Right. Imagine I'm a bit outrageous. You've seen me in action. And if I walked into a big room full of business people, it wouldn't matter if they're billionaires, millionaires, just starting out. I would go in. I have so much interest in human beings. I'm funny, and I'll ask a question, and I'll do crazy things sometimes. You know, the carrot in the ear. Brought that especially for the meeting. Can you share what the carrot in the ear means? The carrot. <laughs> yeah, I sat here. I sat here one day, and if you if you look me up on uh, LinkedIn, you'll see I have a picture of me with my profile picture is me with a carrot in my ear, <laughs> because I sat here a few months ago and thought. I'm telling people how to get attention, but I really need to figure out a way to do that for myself. What could I do? My brain said, put a carrot in your ear. So I went to the fridge, which is about 20 paces from here, and I picked out a nice-looking carrot, and I put it in my ear, and I took a selfie. (laughs) I put that up online, and then I had this idea that in order to stand out, you could become a carrot in a field of turnips. And if you were, you'd stand out. And that's when it all really started to happen, along with a lot of other things I did. It's not enough to put a carrot in your ear and say something clever. That's not enough on LinkedIn. Right. But that does the job of getting the attention. So my tagline, I will have edited that probably 50 times in the last two months, I would think, because I'll put a tweak of a word here and a tweak of a word there. And then I listen for what people say. And people say, oh, I loved your tagline. I love that bit about this. And I listen intently. So step one is to get noticed. And what people do, this is the mistake, and it drives me up the wall. They have a banner that says one thing and a tagline that says something that's not connected to it. Oh, okay. And the poor old visitor 
sees the banner and goes, oh, I think this person does this. And then they have a glance at the face. Oh, they look okay. Then they read the tagline and their brain explodes because that doesn't mean the same as what's on the banner. So it's not a congruent message. I call it sound bitey. In other words, the tagline, they can't think of one really good, powerful message to put in there. So they go very sound bitey and two or three word bullet points right the way through. Like, you know, I want to appeal to every single person on the planet, so I'm going to make sure they know about this. They need to know about that. If I listed the things I could do for a customer, I can do graphics, video, audio recording. I can write scripts. I can do web copy. I can do design. But then it's like, you're losing me. What do you do? I don't, I don't know. And as people get to know me and become <laughs> clients, they learn that I'm able to do those things, which is great. But if I try to tell the world I do all of those at the beginning, how the hell am I going to stand out? You've got a bad back, which doctor are you going to go to? A general practitioner, someone who does skin, or a specialist in back pain? They've all been trained the same way, by the way. Just one decided to be a specialist in back pain. And if I've got back pain, that's the one I want. Not the one who can do everything. I want the one who does back pain. Excellent, yeah. And that's what this is all about, really. So that's step one. Step one. So for those of you listening, if you're on LinkedIn, if, and especially if you're not on LinkedIn, the way that your LinkedIn profile is laid out and visually at the top, you have your banner, which is similar to your Facebook cover on Facebook, your Twitter um, headline or your YouTube header. That's what people first see when they come to your profile. One step below that is going to be your profile picture. And then below that is going to be your tagline. So this is the hierarchy in which Mike is describing. Continue. So my theory is you've got about 10 seconds. That's three mm. seconds looking at your banner to see if it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense to an eight-year-old kid, yes. change it. Because you know, if a customer has to interpret what they see, it hasn't worked. You must read loads of them like I do. You see all these clever, esoteric, unconnected ideas, and you think to yourself, what the beep does that mean? Because you can't fathom it out. Well, that's that's it. They're not even going to read the tagline because they have no clue what you do. So get that bit right. And it takes work to do that. Now, there's a purpose in all of that, and that's to get them to stop scrolling and go, oh, well, this looks interesting. And then what we want them to do is go down and read our About section and start to look at our posts because that's how they're going to get to know who we are, which will bring me on to the second part of the strategy, which is the post, yeah? Uh, yes. this, the whole connecting strategy, in fact. So that bit needs to be right. Then they read the about section. They think, yeah, I'm going to follow this person. Follow. They may not connect. They may just follow. So now they get to see your posts. So let me talk quickly about posts if you want to give value. There's three parts to a post. It needs a hook to stop them so that they say, oh, yeah, I want to see that. And then it needs some content of some value that generally points out a problem. And then the third part is the payoff. You give them part of that solution free. Good advice only. None of that generic crap. Just, look, here's an eye-catching tagline. Here's a thing that I can talk about that may be of interest or of use to you. And here's how to put in an implementation of that right now. The minute you stop reading that post, go and implement that now. Because if they don't, they won't at all. Well, I'm the one who does. So when I see somebody who knows some stuff, I go, oh, that's smart. I'm going to go and do that now. And I go and do it. Literally that quickly. 
So if I'm reading a book, I'll rarely get through a book in one sit because, in fact, the book I dug out, whole web copy that sells by a girl called Maria Veloso, probably not a girl now, she wrote it in 2005. I got to the first bit that made sense and resonated and I immediately put the book down and went, this is the start of my internet marketing journey. And that's all I've ever done. So the post. So hook, value, nugget. Implementable nugget. Do that with your post. Listen, all the good guys online, you'll have read that a thousand times and it didn't register, but that's how you do it. It took me three or four months to figure out that's the way to do it. When I first came on LinkedIn, because I know so much stuff, I came and I thought, right, I'm going to teach the world everything I know. And everybody that's wrong, I'm going to tell them they're wrong. <laughs> well, i got to tell you, that's not how networking works. It doesn't? That's strange. <laughs> it's <just> not odd. <laughs> you know, make as many enemies as you can by telling everybody they're wrong. What a great tactic. And people still do it, but you learn. And I'm old and grizzled and I'm assertive and I'm a type A go-getter. <laughs> and uh, it just seemed to make sense to me, but of course it's not. It's nonsense. So that's the post strategy. Make sure you put three nice little uh, hashtags in. I've got a potential client. He won't hear this, I'm sure. He's got three hashtags. All of them relate to things that are not relevant to his business. Yikes. One of them is his personal one. It's got five followers. The other mm. two are generic terms that have zero followers. And I've told him, you need to put the hashtags for the people that you want to read the stuff. So. Hook, value, executable nugget that you can do now. And the reason for that is so obvious, the next time they see you posted something, that they learned something and could use last time, what's he got this time? So now the other strategy, the much more powerful strategy, is where you engage with other people. So you read stuff and you see something and you think, oh, that's good. I actually know a bit about this. I think I could give some value on this subject. And what you do is you put a comment on and give some value. And what happens is people see your comments and they see a mini version of what you would have posted. It's a mini compressed version and they see it and then they click your profile and bang. Now they've got a banner that talks about a carrot in a field of turnips, a picture of me with a carrot in my ear. I've changed my tagline many times. It now reads like a conversation. It just says, Mike, I need some new clients. It says, uh, them, you know, client. Mike, I need some new clients. And I say, okay, no problem. What problem do you solve? Oh, we're not really sure. Okay, well, let's articulate the problem you solve. Then we'll go tell everybody, and then you get new clients. It's just my tagline's a conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not marketing, sales, guru, cold call. It's none of that. That's all rubbish, really. Just rubbish. I see thousands of profiles like it. So your comment strategy is go in and find something that you know a bit about or you're interested in, ask a bit more or give a bit of value and do that 10 times more than you post. So if you post once a day, go and do 10 comments a day. Excellent. So I want to pause here for a second because when we think about engagement, there's a few different ways that you can engage. You can comment, you can like, you can repost, you can perhaps send a message. So when you are speaking about engagement, you're specifically talking about actually making a comment on a post that has value, not a like. Oh, I like it, of course. But yeah, I want to contribute. Contribute. Excellent. And I guess what I, I'm trying to highlight is some people are more comfortable with the likes 
or with the loves or the clapping, but it's the taking that additional step to actually write something to engage. Yeah. All you got to remember is why did the person post in the first, but we all know about the dopamine hit of a hundred likes and whatever, mm -hmm. but really, you know, if you really want to say to someone, I really like what you're doing and I think you're a good person, then they're going to take the time to put a comment on that. And if that comment adds value or ask them for clarification or something like this, even better. If you go on like I did for the first three months and just say, now you're wrong about that, mate, that's garbage because of this, this and this. Right. <laughs> The two things I'd say about that is, one, I'm probably not talking to my target market. And two is, it's easy to ignore someone who's just a bit of an a-hole. It's going to give business cards to everybody. You're just going to turn your back like, oh, no, please, don't let him come near me. Whereas if you listen quietly on the sidelines to what people are saying, and then you say, do you know, it's really interesting you say that, because I once had a situation where I had the exact same scenario as you, and we did this, and it kind of worked. And people say, oh, really? Oh, that sounds interesting. Maybe I could try that. Now, suddenly, I'm someone that everybody wants to talk to. And that's how it works. And there is a third stage, of course, to the whole LinkedIn thing, which is connecting with people. I've just learned this. I know this naturally. I've just learned that what I do is I find somebody who I think might be potentially a client in a, a year's time. I comment. I add a bit of value. I like. I click. And then we get a bit of an interaction going. And then I just make a connection request referencing the last comment that was on there. I had one yesterday and I saw a post. It was brilliant. I said, you, man, you're the ninja of this. And he came back and said, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, I am. And I just put a connection request in with him. And it just said, dear Mr. Ninja, dot, 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 dot. Nothing else. Yeah. So, of course, he connected because he knows what I'm referencing. There's a lot of great nuggets that you've shared so far. But if there's one thing that kind of gets under my skin is when somebody requests to connect with me and they know nothing about me, there is no organic conversation or lead into it. I have so many requests sitting in my LinkedIn. I've lost count. I don't even accept them anymore unless yeah. I've actually met the person through a networking event or something. But the kicker is that there's so much about me in my about section that somebody could read and just connect with me over. So I really love what you just shared there. You find somebody that you find interesting. You maybe found a post that they've created. You've engaged with that post. So you're getting noticed. You're engaging. And then you, what we say, is slide into the DMs. But it's not sliding into the DMs because you've already created that foundational relationship that earned you into their inbox to where you're not this nobody. They actually know who you are. Without me ever telling them who exactly. I am. They know who I am because I've just commented on their damn post. Right. And when the connection request message comes in, it's really just a continuation of the comments we've just had anyway. And it's a natural conversation. And it just works. I get, oh, it's as close to 100% connection feedback where people will connect as near to 100% as it's possible to be. And so with using my method, I put the request in to potential customers, mostly, if I'm honest, but just interesting people. And because I reference what we've just been talking about, they, of course, they're going to accept me. They don't need to check my profile and think, who's this? Right. They know who I am. Exactly. They know who I am. Exactly. Yeah. And it just works. What I really loved about our connection on LinkedIn, we had met in a networking group. We connected offline. But I really love that you sent me a voice note. 
All it is, is because everybody's lazy, um, we connect, and as soon as we connected, I can message, I hit message, I hit the talk button, and I say, hi, great to connect, lovely to see you, you know, I'll keep an eye on what you're up to out there, and I'll like posts if they're good, and I'm sure you'll do the same back to me, and who knows, where will that go? 15 to 20 seconds, and the effect on the people I do it to is they're blown away. It's so nice. And it's so easy, <laughs> my God. You just hit your phone and go, oh, hi, yes, yeah, great to connect. I look forward to seeing what you got out there. Have a look at my stuff. It's going to be great. Bye. That's it. And they come back and say, oh, wow, that's amazing. Well, not really. It's just what you do with someone that you've met, isn't it? It all started because someone did it to me, and I thought, well, that's neat. I know who the person is now. I've heard their voice. And so I just started to do it because I'm a, a doer. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Do you just use the record function on your phone or is there something in LinkedIn that allows you to do that? It's it's on your phone. If I log in, yeah, if I log into LinkedIn on my phone here and I go into messages and I want to message, oh, who shall I message? So this is a connection of a client of mine and I'm just going to hit record. So I hit that and I say this. She'll be astounded that I'm talking to her because she got no idea I was going to, but there you go. Hi, Leanne. Yeah, I'm just on um, some sort of a webcast thingy with Rochelle, and I'm just demonstrating the power of using uh, messaging with your LinkedIn connections. See you later. Bye. Excellent. That's 15 seconds. That's gone. She'll get that now. And she'll probably call me and say, well, what are you doing? What's this all that's about? That's nice. But that's how simple it is. I just do click, hello, how are you doing? Listen, I made a vow with myself. I made a vow that I'm going to do a message to every single connection that I've got before I realize the power of messages. And I'm just going to say, hi, I, I apologize for not doing this before. It's great to have you as a connection. I've been watching what you do. Hopefully you're watching my stuff. Maybe we'll speak one day. Probably. And do that to every single connection that I haven't done it to which is going to take quite a long time. That's cool. But why not? Yeah, why not? It's great to love something. It's great to be passionate about something, but you do have to get people coming through the doors. And they think about, oh God, like what happens when my family and my friends stop buying from me? Because often that's where people start to sell first is with their friends, close friends and their family. But then the buzz starts to wear off. And now what happens? Guess what? You have so many people that are sitting on your social networks that you can just send a little hello to. You're not selling to them, but you're just letting them know what you're up to. But getting that initial conversation going is so pivotal for success in someone's business, especially new businesses. Yeah. And, you know, it grieves me. Although I'm loud and a bit outrageous, I have such a soft soul. And when I see people struggling with a new business, I just want to go, oh, come here. Let me show you what to do. It's so easy. And yet they're busy with their heads down, listening to every guru on the planet, doing what their coaches say. And I'm there thinking, oh, no, I know how to fix your problem. Just come here. And I show people. And I say, look, you just do this. Look, do that. And they say, well, I'm not good enough to be able to, to do that and articulate it. Oh, all right, I'll do it for you then. <laughs> now go. And I am getting goosebumps actually telling you that because that's the truth and that's how passionate I am because failure is horrible I hate failure I hate 
rejection. I detest rejection in life. So, you can see what I'm holding so up. So Mike's holding up a hat. It's a white hat with black text that says zero rejection. <laughs> it must have been because when I was a kid, I was so needy. <laughs> so that when I became an adult, I didn't like rejection. So if I was doing cold calling, I'd have to be so good, so clever that I never got rejected. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Any kind of outreach, email, going online, going on LinkedIn, putting yourself out there. I just hate rejection. I just hate it. So when I see people failing, I'm like, oh, you poor soul. I know how to fix your problem. Please just come here and I'll show you. It's about half a dozen things you need to do to succeed and they miss them. And it grieves me so deeply that someone might fail. Someone who had the fire and the desire to do that, um, and yet they fail, and that is shit. Yeah. Failing is shit. Don't let anyone tell you it's okay. It's horrible. It can put you back five years. But the answers are all there. They're right in front of you. You just need to point the binoculars in the right direction. I think anyone can succeed. If they've got the desire to start, then they've got the ability to succeed. So. Love that. Well, Mike, I loved all the nuggets that you dropped on this show. I loved how people can articulate how they solve a problem, how they can structure their LinkedIn profile, how they can engage and how that funnel kind of works to getting that connection on LinkedIn. Is there anything yeah. else you want to share with us today? Uh, yes. Don't try and be false. Uh, somebody paid me a massive compliment this morning on LinkedIn, and I am going to read the message to you, if that's okay. Of course. It says, all progress starts by telling the truth. And then he quotes Dan Sullivan, who's a coach somewhere. Who do you have in your network that tells the truth when others won't? They get called disruptors. They get called rebels. They get called Marmite. You love them or hate them. But mostly, they should be called your friends. Because many people are afraid to speak the truth, to have strong opinions. If you want to move forward, you need truth. Here's a little shout out to Mike Herberts. He tells the truth. Go give him a follow. You might even get a carrot. It's one of those moments that I said, you know, Mike, you're a doer. Don't try and kid anybody, ever. Just tell the bloody truth. Because right. it's so rare, you'll stand out instantly if you just tell the truth. <laughs> you've seen it online. You've seen a lot of people saying, oh, I've got you know, mental health issues or I've had this. And we relate to it. It's just the truth. It's the truth. Tell the truth. Yeah. Don't lie. I, I can't lie. I'm new to LinkedIn. I've got 11. I'm coming up to 1,200 followers. That's all. But I've had 20 inbound inquiries in the last 10 days. Right. And I think that's another point there is the number of followers or connections that you have, it doesn't matter. It's the quality of those connections that matters the most. Somebody could have 500, 200, but if 200 of those people out of the 200 or the 500 are engaging, that's much more powerful than the five or 10 that are on a 5,000 connection. Yeah, I invented a KPR, a KPI about a month ago. And I said, look, take the number of inbound inquiries you get, divide it by the number of followers you got, and that's your inbound quotient number. Just give value. Don't argue with anybody. What's the point? That's awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show today, dropping some wisdom on LinkedIn. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Is there, uh, where, if people want to work with you, want to find out about you, where can they find you? Well, if they find me on LinkedIn, look for Mike 
Herberts. They wouldn't let me have Mike in brackets carrot Herberts. They said you can't have that. It's a shame, but there you go. Mike Herberts on LinkedIn. Or go to my website, which is guessmikeherberts.com. Or if you want to email to get this template, mike at mikeherberts.com. Uh, and if you want to book a call, there's a button on my website. Uh, there's a freebie call. And then there's a paid call. So if people just want to know and chat and let me run through this with them to help them, I'm very happy to help them. A 15-minute chat on my calendar usually lasts about a bloody hour. That's the problem. <laughs> That's awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon, Mike.